From between the hedges at Sanford Stadium to the practice fields, from Stegman Coliseum and wherever else the Bulldogs are playing, it's time to talk Georgia sports. From the Athens Banner Herald, here are your hosts, Mark Weiser and Ryan Dennis. Welcome in. It's the Bulldogs Extra Podcast. It is a big rivalry, Georgia-Florida week. Ryan, uh, what cold adult beverage will you be enjoying, not only at, as you watch the game, uh-huh. but for uh, Stephen Coliseum this season? <laughs> I did say they had seltzers. I'm not really a big seltzer guy, but you know what I think they need? And for Saturday, uh, especially, uh, probably get Terrapin Los Bravos for a couple reasons, right? One, to support Game 4 of the World Series. Have some of that. But they, uh, you know, I think if they do alcohol, they need to at least have one local uh, identity or brand there to uh, to sell at Stegman Coliseum. And pretty soon in Sanford Stadium, I would imagine. Why, why one? Why, why just Oh Yeah, there? I mean, heck, get them all in there. I'd be all for that. You know, uh, sit in a press box and have a beer. And <laughs> No, nah, I'm just kidding. But, I mean, uh, I, I think they need to partner with either Creature Comforts or Southern Brewing or Terrapin or anything local and have that on uh, on the old tap. You can lobby Josh Brooks, Georgia Athletic Director, get that done. Now, he's got a history of, uh, of alcohol at events with his beer garden when he was at Millsaps College. Well, didn't was he? Uh, no, I guess that was Greg McGarity that was still uh, in charge when they started the beer garden at, at Georgia, which they didn't actually call it a beer garden, right? They you talking about you talking about for in the, the in the you talking about for certain the area. McGill Society folks? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Have you did you go there or something? No, that'd have been nice though. All right. Well, uh, hey, we're going to have uh, – we'll talk Georgia, Florida. We're going to have Gary Danielson of CBS joining us to kind of break down how this thing might unfold and uh, his insight uh, on, on the matchup. Ryan, I know uh, you know. I know you always call it Georgia, Florida. You, you never called it Florida, Georgia. Well, I mean, I am a UGA alum, so, you know, calling it any other thing than Georgia, Florida would uh, have you beat up around time. Usually we ask you to make your picks at the end of the show, but I'm going to go ahead right now. Who you got, Georgia or Florida, in the baseball exhibition game Friday night? Yeah, that'll be uh, that'll be Florida. I don't like what uh, Scott Strickland has uh, built. No, I don't know. I mean, uh, hadn't Georgia won? Uh, didn't they win last year? You know, uh, and I can't keep up with that. Uh, Did they even play the game last year? Uh, maybe not. not yeah, you're right. Maybe two years I think, ago. I think I read that it's uh, going to be a 10-inning game. I don't know why. Oh, Lord. Well... Uh, you know, I, it, it did seem to get a pretty good um, crowd there a couple years ago uh, when when things were a bit more normal. And I guess that's a good little deal, you know, if, if you can have – how many do – you know, do we even know how many scrimmage games a, a team can have in the – is it like 10 games in the in the fall they can play? No, we, or? Don't, we do not know. Okay. <laughs> we do not know. All right, let's move on away from baseball to a little bit more football. Not quite yet, but uh, – Mike Leach's candy interview. Did you see that? That dude's a weird man. Yeah, the candy corn thing, and I mean, now, he, he is, he's an oddball. Kirby said this week, Kirby Smart. Who asked that question? Georgia, I think it was Dean Leggy. <laughs> it would be. It was a two-part question. It was something legit football-related, and then it was also about the candy. And and Kirby kind of answered the question with the candy very fast, just said Sour Pouch Kids, and then moved on to the football part, which <laughs> I can't remember what the football part was. Um now I'm gonna I'm gonna disagree with Kirby. I'm not a Sour Patch Kids guy. Are you? You know I think I can have a couple of them, but uh, is that the sour than sweet candy? Maybe where you know and, ooh, and then you. you All know. right, here we go. Here's my Halloween. Right, right. Here's my Halloween hit list for the for the year. So if you're uh, 
If you're trick-or-treating by the Wiser residence, no, no, I'm gonna, if, I, gonna if I knock on your door, here's what I need. Okay, okay. Give me some Reese's peanut butter cups. Yeah, uh, that's number one. Yeah. Give me some Butterfingers. Do you like some Butterfingers? Junior Mints. I don't know about that. Uh, you know, I always think of Seinfeld when the... When and and peanut M&M's. Do like some peanut M&M's. What do you got? What do you Junior got? Mints can be out. Uh, you know, over the years, I've, I've grown into a, a bit of a Twix fan. Uh, give me some mini Twix. Snickers always good, but I mean, you nailed it with Reese's Cups, and I think everybody can agree with that. That's that's at the top of the list, you know, chocolate and peanut butter. Man, you can't uh, you can't beat the little the little minis. And then they started putting uh, some have Reese's pieces uh, within the the cup, which I mean, you talk about a head explosion of uh, of flavor, incredible. Um, remind me after the show. I'm gonna go through my uh, my camera roll on my phone, look for a a, a photo of me with the um, Reese's peanut butter cup mascot from Hershey Park, Pennsylvania. Shout out to Hershey, <laughs> uh, Pennsylvania, uh, where uh, you know if if I want to tie it into football, they used to have the Big 33 game in Hershey, which was Maryland versus Pennsylvania, which. Is usually a mismatch. I mean, Pennsylvania is like in that where Dan Marino's from, and and uh, oh, I thought you meant like UPenn, like the no, smart, no, no, no. the smart kids. It's like an all-star game, kind of gotcha, like the gotcha. Shrine Bowl of the, of the Carolinas or something. Yeah. I don't even know if they do it. Hey, anymore. do not tell uh, uh, Sherman uh, for the for Georgia's linebacker that Maryland's not a uh, not a football. Sport. Oh, and also, um, I saw that Ben Cleveland visited um the former Georgia offensive lineman that's from Baltimore why am I drawing a blank on the guy but uh, Greg Pike Greg Pike who is now works at Boys Latin in Baltimore and is I believe might be the, the lacrosse coach there because oh, he used to play lacrosse as yeah. well that uh, brings back uh what was, what was the guy's name for the Falcons Kearney that played at Virginia played lacrosse and uh and football yeah Ron Peter Burns of SEC Network had an interesting question on Twitter I think it was him uh which quarterbacks will get the most snaps in this game of the four? Jeez. Two for Georgia, two from uh, yeah, Florida. For... I'm going to give you – well, you, you want to – I think it's going to be the uh, – was it Richardson, the non-Emory uh, Jones cat? I think he'll – You, you think I he's think, going to get the most? I think he's the guy for them. Yeah, I really do. I'm going to go with Stetson Bennett, number one. I, that was my number two, yeah. Now, of course, you know, Kirby could start JT and then we might see Stetson like, you know, at the end of the game. I think it would be the other way around. I'm just saying, I'm going to go with Bennett first, uh-huh. Anthony Richardson second, yeah, yeah. JT Daniels third, and then Emory Jones fourth. Yeah. Because yeah. I don't think, I mean, I think they're going to have a plan to get JT into the game. I mean, right. And, you know, you cannot, you cannot not start. Stetson at this well, I mean, point. You, sure you can. I mean, nope, 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 nope. I mean, what if what if, what if, if behind closed doors Stetson, like, you know, threw five picks <laughs> in one practice and, and JT looked like, uh, you know, the second uh, coming you're right, of... You're right. But... Somebody? Yeah. Uh, I mean, Stetson has, has done no wrong so far. He's been the guy that's, that's carried the Bulldogs when they uh, needed it most. You know, his Auburn performance, his uh, UAB performance. You think about, uh, I mean, even against Kentucky. I mean, yeah. uh, he, uh, he's he been the man. And I, I just feel like it's a situation, if he has a blunder early in the game, turn to JT. That is, that is the politically correct move for Kirby Smart. I mean, I would think it's not going to be necessarily based on whether he has a blunder. I think, you know, we saw against uh, in the UAB game and we saw against South Carolina that Kirby was ready to bring in a second guy on the third series of the game. So, <laughs> right. so you mean, think that could happen? They could bring in JT for a third series you know, I think against they, Florida? I mean, I would guess, especially with it off week, that you have a script for Stetson Bennett's first series. You have a script for JT Daniels' first series, whenever that might be. Hmm. Okay. Now... 
saying that, I mean, you know, that could be scrapped based on what they're seeing from Florida defensively. Um, but, yeah, I mean, Stetson's performing at a very high level. But you also decided before the season that JT Daniels was your guy and that, you know, I mean, I, yeah. I guess they said Carson was number two, but when push came to shove, he wasn't because they went with Stetson. Mm-hmm. Um you know, when they needed another quarterback. So we'll see. We could be entirely wrong. It could be. When will Carson Beck's Twitter announcement come? <laughs> like Harrison uh, or uh, wasn't it Bailey? What are you, what are you saying? He's returning to Jacksonville. <laughs> what, there could be a food poisoning situation. He could start and be the hero. That is true. That you is don't know true. what's going to happen. I mean, you don't, you don't hope that on anybody, of course. All right. Um, how long will we be talking about? Stetson and JT like next podcast and the podcast after like will there be clarity after this game you think no I mean maybe maybe if I mean I think if if JT is fully healthy then you know I think you roll with him pretty soon I mean you have to because he is clear clearly a number one guy but you cannot take out a you know a guy hitting 600 for a guy that's been injured I mean you can't you can't you know, you can't you can't make that move right now, I don't think. But look, here's what we don't know. Okay. We don't know exactly how if they're seeing the JT Daniels at eighty five percent or they're seeing that's what I'm saying. I mean, he's not at a hundred percent. you can you can suspect. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so that's why I, I feel like something's gonna pop up with JT, you know, Stetson continues being the guy. That that's kinda how I that's kinda how I see it. All right, this is an unranked Florida team with a 2-3 and three SEC record. Um, how does that impact this game in terms of, you know, do you think Georgia's respecting Florida? Uh, do you think that Florida's going to, if they go down 14 nothing, they're just going to mail it in and, and it's going to be a blowout? Here's, a, here's what I think. It, it, this all kind of feels like that 2017 game. Georgia came off a loss the prior year against Florida and just took them to the woodshed. And as we've seen in the past under Kirby, when a, when when a team beats Georgia one year, the next year, I don't think you have to worry about them laying down. You know, you think about Vanderbilt from sixteen to seventeen. You think but about Georgia it. Tech from sixteen to seventeen. This has that feel where Florida did their thing last year. They're down this year. Georgia psyched you know up for that game because of what happened to them last year. Georgia's keeping that in their head that hey, what does he say? Uh, you're only a week away from being humbled or whatever it is. So I believe that uh, – I believe George will be ready for this one. I need to go back and look at the losses to see if there was a consecutive losses. I mean, didn't – you know, Alabama. They lost to Alabama That's two years a different story. <laughs> That's a little different story. <laughs> All right. Hey, uh, why don't we bring on Gary Danielson of CBS and uh, get his uh, perspective on this big matchup. All right, you see him on the CBS Game of the Week every week as an analyst. And uh, Saturday he'll be in Jacksonville for Georgia's game against Florida. Gary Danielson, appreciate you being with us. My pleasure. I'm looking forward to the game again. Um, I've been in the league, I think this is my 16th year. So I started in 2006. And uh, 11 times uh, Florida or Georgia has been in the SEC championship. So kind of figure this is a pretty good game. Definitely. Uh, Gary, let, let's start you off with an easy one. You're the head coach for both of these teams. If you're Kirby Smart, who are you starting at quarterback this week, JT Daniels or Stetson Bennett? <laughs> well, I don't know. Here's what I will say about 
both quarterbacks, okay? It, it appears to me that, and I played the position myself, so I can understand this a bit. It, it appears to me that both quarterbacks, Emory Jones and Stetson Bennett, have played their best football when they knew they were the guy. In the game that we did against Alabama, there was a lot of talk that Anthony Richardson was going to be the guy and that Emory had been making too many mistakes, which he is. But in that game, Anthony Richardson was out of the game, and Emory, I thought, had his best game of the year. Um, Stetson Bennett has been playing great football all year. And now we'll see. The dynamic will change. When you have a high-profile player available behind you at quarterback, we all know because you know you let off this interview, Kirby has been hit with it all week. Dan Mullen, uh, you know, just as much as Kirby's had to talk about it, Dan's had to talk about it. That position only one guy plays, and a lot of the emotions and coaching decisions that happen during a game are because it's a very visible position during the game, and it makes it tough on the guy that's playing. Some guys can handle it. Some guys can't. We're going to find out whoever plays if they can handle it because there's going to be a lot of talk throughout the game. Well, Gary, with, with Georgia's defense, uh, will it will it so really? What I'm basically saying, well, one more thing. So what I'm basically saying is, if Dan and Kirby aren't answering it, I'm not going to figure <laughs> it out myself. Right? <laughs> with uh, with Georgia's defense, will it matter who the quarterback is? Does one give Florida an advantage uh, in any scenario against that Georgia defense? Oh, I think so. You know, a hot quarterback. I mean, you know, uh, in, in college football. I mean, you know, we did the. Texas A&M Alabama game and, and Zach Calzada was brutal until he came into that game. I mean, you know, we watched him play against Arkansas. He had a tough time pulling the trigger, but in that game he got hot. And in college football, the way the rules are written and the way you know they slant so much towards the offense, um, it, I guess if you're asking me which style quarterback for Florida is different, they're not that much different in style. You know, they both. The running game goes through the quarterback, and both quarterbacks have struggled with mistakes. But if you get a hot one in college football, he can steal a game. And um, so far, uh, the Florida defense has been able to nullify who they've played. I don't feel they've played a high-level passing team yet or a a difference-maker at quarterback yet, And, and maybe this game will be the same, but... You better be ready to score points in college football because you're going to get into one of those games no matter how good you are defensively. In the past, there's going to come one of those games when you're going to have to score more than 28 points. And, you know, maybe Georgia is different. Maybe it won't happen this year and they'll walk their way through a national championship. But if pass means anything, there's going to be those one or two games where they're going to have to score in the 30s to win. Both Richardson and, and Jones obviously uh, have wheels that can you know move the chains and, and make big plays. Right. Can, can Florida can Florida have success against this defensive front? Um, you know, can that continue, or, or is this just a different uh, animal in Georgia's defense? So far, it's been a different animal. The, you know, the, the the speed at the edges is you know something to look at when you watch on tape. I mean, you just look at the guys. You know, all the. All the media has kind of focused in on now, and, and rightly so, Jordan Davis and Jalen Carter in the middle of the defense, but Trayvon Walker, I mean, I mean, they just got a lot. Nolan Smith, I mean, at the edges, they're very fast and physical. And Kobe Dean, I think, is the best middle line, you know, in, in all of college football right now, and the SEC has produced a lot of good ones. So, 
maybe not. Maybe they'll have to open it up more for, for Florida and the way they've been throwing picks so far. That might be dangerous for them, and they could get away from them. But when you're willing to run the quarterback, you should be able to find enough plays. Um, the Arkansas game was weird because K.J. Jefferson was, I thought, maybe 70%. And mm-hmm. the way that game started, you know, they, they ran six plays, and it was I think it was 21 nothing after six plays for Arkansas. So maybe that one got out of hand a little bit. But you are right, you know, um, and I've been asked this before. Usually to win a championship, you got to get battle-tested a few times and show that you can make those clutch plays in the fourth quarter to win. You know, the Clemson game was won, but it was a low-scoring game. They haven't had a high-scoring game yet where they've had to match scoring this year. We'll see. Obviously, there's been a lot of chaos this year uh, in college football. And, uh, you know, you got Cincinnati second and Iowa was up there for a little while. But, uh, yeah, these big teams keep losing. Do you think Georgia is head and shoulders above most teams? Or can chaos uh, bite them, too, and knock them down? I think anything's possible. I don't think there never was and there never will be an unbeatable team. Um, it's just the way, you know, sports kind of goes. You know, you, you're riding along and then all of a sudden something happens, an injury here or, you know, the new dynamic of having two quarterbacks. And by the way, the, the two Georgia quarterbacks are completely different. So, you know, you'll have a different look with the two guys that play. So, um Georgia deserves to be ranked where they are. They deserve to be a prohibitive favorite. If they get through this Florida game, which they should, um, uh, they should roll into the SEC championship undefeated. And unless that is some unusual outcome, they probably have sewed up a spot in the playoffs before the game begins. And and I, I think they probably deserve that. Obviously, it was only a year ago where, where Florida had a terrific Offense, uh, number one in the nation in passing with Kyle Trask and Kyle Pitts. But but given what Kirby is building in Athens with with, with the way they're recruiting, how, how does Dan Mullen catch up going forward? Is I mean, is that do they just need to up their game on the recruiting trail, or, or you know, how, how do you see th- these programs as they is there is there a growing separation? It's a good question, and it's a frustrating question or a frustrating topic to the Florida fan. Uh, they they can't quite understand in the talent-rich area of Florida where everyone else goes in and takes five, three, four, two players all over college football, how Florida cannot be in the top five or six in recruiting every year. Now, I will say they're behind in the facilities race. Mm -hmm. They were behind Georgia in the facilities race before Georgia built a new facility. So you can kind of feel where they are. Now, they're opening up a new one next year. Um... They probably need to figure out, you know, why they can't attract the top five, six, seven, you know, recruiting class every year. This year, I think Florida's a little, you know, now they had a run at receiver, but I think this year they're pretty, you know, pedestrian at receiver. Copeland is their best, and after that, there, there's a drop-off. Um, but it's a good question, and it's a frustrating question. In all of college football, Right now, everybody compares themselves in recruiting, I think, to two teams, Ohio State and Alabama. And in the last three, four years, Georgia has entered that level now. Now it's, you know, maybe it's five years. But Georgia has now entered the elite level of recruiting. So, you know, there's three 
courses out there, and everybody tries to emulate or figure out why Georgia, Alabama, and Ohio State can recruit such of that level, and we can't. LSU's close. A&M's close. Oklahoma and Texas are close. But those three have separated themselves, and everybody else is trying to figure out the same the answer to that question you asked me. Gary, getting to the, uh, I guess, the uh, side of uh, broadcasting and all, when you when you go to these towns, and I, I think you've been to Athens twice this year, right, for uh, Kentucky and uh, – Yeah, we've been, we've been there a lot of times. Yeah. I, I know it. Um, I, let's put it – I know the hotel and I know how to get to the field. So if you're asking me any more than that. Yeah, I was going to ask – well, Do you when, – when you go to any town, any uh, SEC town, do you get to, to live it up a little bit and, you know, at least go out for dinner with the crew? Or what do you do uh, when you get to a – Yeah, I, I, don't, I don't know if you guys are aware of social media, but that might be a mistake to try to go out there and live <laughs> it up a little bit as an announcer. I don't. I never really have, to tell you the truth. I don't know. Maybe it's the way I, you know, had to stay relevant as a, you know, a journeyman quarterback. I tend to grind, you know, I tend to keep trying to go over, you know, the X's and O's of the game and trying to figure out and anticipate what's going on. I, I try to... Um, give the example of a you know when a doctor does surgery and he covers up everything else that doesn't matter but the area he's going to you know perform the surgery on um that's what i try to do i you know people ask me that all the time where where would you go in the sec on a day i do say athens i say i hear it's pretty good (laughs) that's what i hear you know but i couldn't find the grove if you bet me a thousand dollars i've done games there i just get there Go to practice. I still love to go to practice on Thursday. My Friday nights, I like to watch, you know, at least a half a game of tape for each guy. Our group goes out for dinner on a Thursday night. I don't know where we go. You know, I get in the car. We go wherever they want to go. But I try to keep low-key and, and, you know, work hard. Have a lot of fun in the offseason, but during the season, I tend to grind. I haven't been to Ole Miss too many times, but it's it's a pretty quick uh, walk from the stadium uh, to the Grove. Next time you're there, it's uh, kind of <laughs> I heard that. I, I think I could find it if you gave me a while, but yeah. I've never been there. Um, a lot of Jordan Davis for Heisman talk the last couple of weeks. Um, you know, anyone on this team, the Georgia team, that is worthy of going to New York in your mind? I mean, is is Jordan Davis, is uh, he separate himself from you know these other talented guys on this yeah, defense? Yeah. It's- it's, it's a great question, and it would be a great tribute uh, to college football players in, in the trenches of what makes things go. And I think the fact that he was not a, you know, a five-star player and he worked himself into being an elite, you know, player that is going to be a, you know, an All-Pro player probably at the, at the next level would be a great tribute. But don't get me started on the highs, and I'm, I'm still upset with them that they didn't invite Keenan Reynolds there that year when he was fifth in the in the voting. I thought he deserved to go. would have been a great tribute to him. He was close enough. I don't know. They had some rule that, you know, he had to be within a certain percentage. I, I think mm-hmm. it was worth changing the rule for Keenan. And uh, I don't know. I just – the self-importance of the Heisman uh, voters and the, the committee just – doesn't do it for me you know so I'll, I'll say this about about him okay jordan davis he's better at his position than anybody else is at their position in college football and if that's not good enough to get him at the heisman uh celebration then that's their shortcoming not mm-hmm. jordan's 
Uh, you said 16 years, I think, you've been with CBS. I, has there been a year yes. that you hadn't been to Georgia, Florida, and Jacksonville? I can't recall one since uh, maybe early yeah, 2000. Yeah. I, I, what was the what was the question? I'm just saying, uh, has there been a year that y'all haven't gone to to Georgia, Florida, and Jacksonville? No, no, we've done it. We've done it every year, even the COVID year. And I was just trying to put it together because I think Tennessee went once, South Carolina went once, and Missouri went back to back. Otherwise, I think it's six five Florida right now in the eleven games we put together. And there's been a lot of great ones, a lot of storylines, and um, it's. Personally, this is just me. I've always advocated that they should go to a four-game rotation mm-hmm. where the kids who play for each of these schools get an opportunity to play in the swamp or play between the hedges. I think that would be fun for them. Having a home game in the SEC is a lot of fun to play. Winning on someone else's home turf is about as good as it gets in college football. Two more things before we, we let you go. Um, you've seen Alabama. You mentioned the, the Texas A&M game. Um, from working their games, how do you see, a, you know, which looks like a likely matchup with Georgia in terms of, um, you know, would anything need to change with Georgia to, to, to match up with Alabama in that game? Uh, is there any team besides Alabama that you think could give Georgia trouble in a playoff? Well, I think Ohio State could give anybody trouble. Yeah. And I think a unique – um, uh, I don't know if Oklahoma is good enough, but Caleb Williams is changing them. I think Oregon is very strong and tough. Um, Mario Cristobal understands how to build a, a team because of his experience in the SEC as a coach. So I think there's you know four or five teams. I haven't been able to see Michigan play much this year. Don't know much about them. Does not appear that the ACC is going to have anybody in it. I do think you know Cincinnati deserves a lot of credit, but I still think they need help for them to make the playoffs. But I think it's the same, you know, at the beginning of the year, we all thought it was, we could name the four. Clemson's drop-off has probably been the most surprising thing in college football. The second biggest story, I think, is Georgia's defense. And if they can keep it going, it'll be a great story for a magical year. It's about, it reminds me a little bit, Georgia's defense reminds me of 2019 LSU's offense. Mm-hmm. It was special. We wondered if anybody could slow them down. No one did. And it ended up they just rolled to the championship. That same thing could happen with the Georgia defense. It's up to them, though. There's going to be clutch games you have to play and things you have to do. LSU had to do it. Alabama in the past has had to. I can't see it that somebody like Georgia, as good as they are, is not going to be tested a few times. And one of the hidden values of that LSU team and many Alabama teams is they were clutch. They found a way to win when all the pressure was on them. That's always the final hurdle for a championship team. Right. And finally, Gary, uh, before we let you go, I mean, what's it going to take for Florida to pull this one out uh, and get past that, that tough Georgia defense? They're going to have to create a pressure point at quarterback with the run game, in my mind. They run it a lot. I think 40% of their runs come from the quarterback. If they have success with that, it will force Dan Lanning and, and, and Kirby to tweak their defense a little bit. Neither one of them are happy when the team moves the ball against them. That pressure point could start with the running game. It might start with you know a, a, a tight end formation. They have two pretty good tight ends. It keeps them off balance. 
It could be a couple mistakes by the Georgia offense, you know, a couple turnovers. But it's going to have to be some type of uniqueness in the game. Most likely, it'll be the running game of the Florida quarterback will distort the Georgia defense. And then from there, Dan Moe will find other places to probe. It's, you know, it's a long shot. They're going to have to play much better than they have. But they came from way behind against Alabama. I think Emory played his best game. We'll see if he's going to have to play at least that good to handle this Georgia defense. Gary, we uh, really appreciate you uh, being with us. And then uh, everyone can watch, obviously, 3.30 CBS as uh, Gary and Brad uh, have the call. Thanks very much. My pleasure. Love doing the games. Appreciate the call. Thanks, guys. All right, we thank Gary Danielson of CBS uh, for joining us to talk Georgia, Florida. Ryan, uh, before we make get, get into our picks for the week, uh, Kendall Milton out with the uh, MCL injury. We might have talked about that in the podcast last week. I can't remember, but, Maybe, but. Uh, what's the impact if uh, you know Kenny McIntosh presumably will be back in the mix? I think he had a hamstring, maybe hamstring or groin. I can't remember. Mm-hmm. Uh, obviously, you got uh, Zamir and James Cook. Mm-hmm. Any uh, any impact? I mean, a slight impact, but, I mean, with that depth in that running back room, you know, they, they won't miss too much of a beat. Yeah, you know, uh, what was Ke- um, Kendall getting about three or four or five, six carries a game? So, you know, I think uh, Kenny McIntosh come in and take that load, and uh, Zamir might get a few more carries than normal. But I uh, I don't think you'll see too much of a difference. All right, wrote about the uh, Jacksonville contract being um, approved on Tuesday night. Now, the, the terms of the agreement are pretty much the same as they were, uh, which is this is a game that's locked in until 2023 in Jacksonville with Georgia and Florida having an option to extend it in 24-25. Now, initially, the mayor, or his Twitter account, I don't know if he actually personally wrote it, uh, tweeted out that they were locked in through 2025. That wasn't the case. Mm-hmm. Um, and I had the story up the next morning about that, kind of explaining it. Um, here's my opinion, which actually jives with what we just heard from Gary. Um, I mean, I enjoy going to the game down there. It's a, it's a different deal. It's special. It's locked in on C- to CBS in their contract. Now, CBS is not going to be covering the SEC football in a couple mm-hmm. of years. I can't remember when it expires. So, um, But I'd be okay with a four-year deal uh, of this. Jacksonville. Athens, Jacksonville, Gainesville. Just like do it again. Just like Gary was was kind of yeah, saying. Yeah, yeah. Now the reason I say that is, I mean, obviously it's a it's a tradition that goes back to the 1930s, right? Except for a couple of years where there's a renovation of the stadium. Yeah, that'd be 95, 96. They played it on campus, um, but college football is changing. Oklahoma and Texas are coming to the SEC. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, traditions go away. Um, to a certain extent, um, like it's not going to surprise me if Auburn and Georgia aren't playing every year once once the the conference goes to these, um, what do you call them? These pods? Maybe. Well, well, I mean, they'll keep Oklahoma, Texas, though, right? And will that be in Dallas every year? Yeah, I mean, I don't That'll know. What, I don't know if there's a uh, demand there to to move the game. Um, I mean, that's not up to the SEC. That's I mean, The SEC does apply some pressure, right, I think. Right, right. I think they have an opinion about it. I think they like it the way, that, the way it is. I guess I meant more like if you're going to take Georgia-Auburn, if you're going to stop that tradition, would they stop? I mean, they wouldn't. 
they wouldn't end the uh, Oklahoma Tech. They'll probably be in the same pod. Well, yeah, 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 they're, right. they're going to be in the same pod. I mean, yeah. you're going to keep Georgia, Florida as your main one, and then yeah. South Carolina is right next door. Yeah. Um, so, um, look, if Kirby wants this game, uh, you know, I mean, he doesn't have the power to do everything. If he wants it, you know, on campus, uh, you know, that does have some sway. Now, you know, donors that want the game in Jacksonville that plan, you know, a four-day weekend, that kind of thing. I mean, that that has, uh, you know. Well, the, I mean, money always talks, right? And if, you're, if, the, if the two schools are making double what they'd make for a home game, if not more, I think that's going to be the final decision. I mean, I don't know if, if Kirby was asked – um, by the administration, uh, you know, what are your top priorities? What do you want most? I don't know if, you know, moving this game to Athens would be like in his top three. I think it might be whatever his next facility project is. Yeah. I mean, who knows? It might be we want to be able to spend enough money to keep Todd Munkin if another college program wants to come for You know what I'm saying? Like, mm-hmm. I just don't know how important it is. And when it, it gets brought up every time this year, but we'll see if it, if it changes. Um, you know, I think they have until like May of next year to – you know, the contract says to um, trigger that option. You know, I'm sure they can extend it if they need to uh, in terms of that deadline. But anyway, we'll, we'll see what happens. But I'll say this, uh, 2024, uh, the next year after, um, you know, uh, the first part of the extension, here's Georgia's home schedule that year. They're, they're play- There's not a home game, but they're playing Clemson and Atlanta. So that's a game that's not in Athens. Mm-hmm. Tennessee Tech, UMass, and Georgia Tech. Mm. So now... You know, Oklahoma, Texas aren't officially joining the SEC until 2025. Now, that, that could change. I, I think it's likely that it does change, that they come before then. And if it does, you might see a Texas or Oklahoma playing in Athens. I don't know. Um, what is it, 2023 Georgia's going to Oklahoma, I think? Yeah, I was. I was and, and it many years later, they were supposed to return the, or, you know, yeah, return yeah, the favor. Yeah, that, yeah. I guess that's out yeah. now. But my point is, um, and I don't even know if, if 2024 is a is, – is Georgia the home team this year? I don't even know. Yeah. <laughs> If Florida could be on that schedule at home in 2024, that that would obviously kind of stand out and and, and look pretty uh, good. But who knows? I mean, probably more likely that this thing is just staying in Jacksonville, which is fine. I mean, it's it's not the worst thing in the world, obviously, and a lot of people love it. Um, All right. Ready for some picks? Let's do it. All right. Ryan, um, after a terrible, like, five-week stretch, I feel like, Mm -hmm. I bounced back in a big way this week. Nice, nice. 12-3. No way. Yeah. Were you really? Yeah. So I guess I was nine and six then is what that would make it uh, for me. Because I know I won nine. I left my sheet of paper. I'm now 53 and 52 on the season. Yeah, I'm 54 and uh, 55 now. All right. I don't know how you have like four four or five more games than me. We discuss this every week. I don't don't know. know All right. Here's our picks this week. Here we go. Indiana. At Maryland, it's a rematch of the I think it was it was it the 2002 uh, college basketball national championship game. Yeah, won by uh, your Terps in the Georgia Dome, I believe. Yeah, I remember that. Juan Dixon, what there's a name you hadn't thought of in a while. What a hero that guy is. Yeah, yeah. All right, um, Terps are favored by five and a half at home. Hoosiers not doing much. I'm going to say the Terps are going to get some juice again. I think I predicted that they would start the year off on fire and then fade away, which they have. But I think they win this game. And they cover the five and a half at home. I mean, you can't go with just your alma mater on that. I'm going to go Indiana. They played some tough you know, some some tough teams pretty close this year, are they not? Cincinnati, that was a tough game. Who did they play a couple weeks ago? Took them down to the wire. Was it Notre Dame, maybe? Or Michigan? Somebody from up that way. No, Michigan State. There it came to me. I played Michigan State pretty tough. I'm going to go Indiana to at least uh, cover that five and a half. All right, Texas is at Baylor. It's the Bears by two and a half. 
Ryan, go ahead and make your pick. Yeah, uh, Baylor seems to be playing good football. Uh, you never know what you're getting with Texas, so uh, give me Baylor. Nope, I'm taking the Longhorns and the points. Uh, Baylor beat Iowa State and beat BYU, but close losses the last two weeks to Oklahoma and Oklahoma State. I think the Longhorns are due for something good. Michigan's at Michigan State. This oh, is the big yeah. college game day deal. That's the noon game. Is it noon? On Fox, I do believe. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Wolverines by three and a half. I'm going to believe we're in the big blue. Give me Harbaugh. This is at Michigan State? It's at Michigan State. Michigan State's last three games. Mm-hmm. Western Kentucky, Rutgers, and Indiana. This is different. A little bit. This is the maize and blue. I do. I will say, and it's two and a half, you said, on the uh, for Michigan? Uh, three and a half. Three and a half. Here's the, here's the thing. I do believe in Michigan this year. I think they got a good team. Um, my wife uh, got her doctorate at Michigan State, so I'll go with them. Especially being a three and a half. Uh, you ever been to East Lansing? I have not. Uh, it's cold. Well, yeah. I have not been either. I've been to Ann Arbor a couple times. Like probably Never been there. I've been to Detroit and uh, Pontiac. Yeah, Detroit to Ann Arbor ain't too long, so you need to go check that okay, out. Okay, yeah, definitely. 100,000 100, plus. Mm, the big house. All right, Virginia Tech's at Georgia Tech. Oh, God. Yellow Jackets are favored by three and a half. Uh, Virginia Tech is probably going to have a new coach next year, I'm guessing. I'm taking the buzzers at home. Uh, I guess the buzzards or the buzzers? <laughs> <laughs> but what do they? What do they? Yeah, the Yellow Jackets, they buzz around, right? Uh, okay. Well, what is the turkey thing associated with? Uh, I don't know. Okay. Okay. Uh, give me Virginia Tech. What the heck? All right. I was at Wisconsin. The Badgers are favored by three and a half at home. Wisconsin just beat Purdue. I'm going to say they win at home and cover. Yeah. Uh, no, Iowa. Give me Iowa. All right. Give me Iowa because uh, they're not a bad team. Missouri's at Vanderbilt. Tigers favored by 16 and a half. Ryan, go ahead and make your pick. Oh, man, what a bad game. That must be the 4 o'clock SEC Network game. Might be. Yeah. Nope. You know what it is? It's a 3 o'clock, and I don't understand why it's a 3 o'clock SEC Network. Are you sure? It's probably, yeah. it's probably 3 Central. Well, whatever. The ESPN uh, f- uh, website had it wrong. Uh. Um, anyway. Yeah, give me Missouri. Who knows? That's a nope, bad Nope, game. nope, nope. Too big a number. I'm taking the Commodores at home getting what, the points. What, what is it, 17? 16 and a half. 16 and a half. Oh, my goodness. Texas Tech is at Oklahoma. The Sooners are favored by 19 and a half. Um, I have no clue how TDU is doing this year. How what? Texas Tech U. <laughs> What'd you call it? TTU. Oh. Um, I'll tell you this. They just fired their coach, uh, so I will take the Sooners uh, – Giving the 19 and a half. Yeah, I agree with you. Though, I mean, I guess as Gary had kind of said, they do have a quarterback that's kind of taking them to a new level. Florida State's at Clemson. The Tigers are favored by nine and a half. We'll be honoring Bobby Bowden, who uh, whose son used to be the coach of Tommy. Tommy's coming back. I believe it's his first time back since he no longer was a coach there. Um, nine and a half, Tigers favored by. What are you doing, Ryan? Well, you know what? I was thinking about this the other day. That I remember sitting in Aguilinda with a big beer a few years back, and this was the game of the century. It's kind of fallen off a little bit since then. But give me FSU. I think they're playing better was at it, home. Was that like 10 years ago? When was that? Yeah, yeah, something like well, that. Who you say, who are you taking? FSU. This is not a. This is in Clemson. I, okay. Oh, I thought you said all right. <laughs> I'm taking the Seminoles getting the points too. Uh, wait, yeah, you're taking them. Yeah, yeah. yeah it's too yeah. big a too big a number. Ten and a half. Uh, nine, nine and a half. Too right. big a number. Yeah, yeah. Ole Miss is at Auburn. The Tigers are favored by two and a half. Uh, I'm taking the Rebels, getting the points. Yeah, I believe in Lane Kiffin, and uh, I think they're going to keep winning as long as they're not playing Alabama. Yeah, I like Ole Miss, too. I mean, uh, you know, when uh, I think Lane got uh, fired up by Tennessee a couple weeks back, and they're keeping that train rolling. 
they honored um, yeah, Eli. Eli, Eli Manning, who's, what is it, his nephew? Arch. Was yeah. at the game. Kirby went to see Arch. Did you watch uh, any of that? Fr- you were covering a game Friday, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, so I, I had it on the, the, the TV. I didn't watch much. They were getting Kirby on the sideline, but it was like not great camera angles, at least in the first half. You could just see like him. It wasn't up close to him eating popcorn or it was, on the, it was like on the back. I didn't see any memes come out of that, so I, <laughs> I, I don't know. But he had to fly all the, way, all the way to Louisiana for that. You think he stayed overnight and like uh, got some Cajun food? Uh, yeah, I would. I don't think so. I think he flew in and flew out. Here's a question for you. How much pressure is Arch getting from not only everybody, but you got the Ole Miss angle, you got Peyton with Tennessee, you know, and then uh, apparently he really likes Georgia. I mean, they've got to be like, you were not going to UGA, right? I mean, I think he's going to go where they think he can be the starting quarterback and go three years and go to the NFL and make, you know, Ole Miss a would probably be dollars. The, Ole Miss would probably be the place then, wouldn't it? I don't know. Are you, I mean... Matthew Stafford's doing pretty well. Yeah, but I mean, you think about who Georgia's got in line right now. I don't know. I mean, I don't know if Art is Arch going to come in and like you know leapfrog the guys that they already have in the in the fold. I don't know. Hmm. I mean, is Matt Corral done in terms of Brock and what? Matt Corral's done after this year. Is it? Oh yeah, I would would presume. Oh yeah. All right, Kentucky is at Mississippi State. It's the Wildcats by one and a half. Ryan. Oh, um, let's see. How can I how can I weave candy corn into this pig? Um, I won't. I'll go Kentucky. I feel like uh, yeah they 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 had a pretty good showing in Athens. I'll say. Yep, I'm taking the Wildcats and their creative offensive play caller coming off the bye week. Penn State is at Ohio State. It's the Buckeyes by eighteen and a half. Whoa, whoa, whoa! That seems high. Penn State can't score. I'm taking the Buckeyes. I'll go Penn State. Uh, you know, I, I know everybody's talking about. Uh, Penn State. I mean, Ohio State turned things around uh, after their loss to Oregon, but I don't. I don't believe them by that much over Penn State. All right, three more games: North Carolina, Notre Dame. It's the Irish by three and a half. Yeah, I'll go with Notre Dame. Give me Rudy. Virginia at BYU. Uh, it's the it's BYU favored by two and a half. You know, I looked that up the other day when I saw that game was happening. No snow in Provo, unfortunately. I was hoping that would be uh, like a ten thirty snowing in Utah type of deal, but it's not. Give me BYU. Nope. No, I, no, I'm taking BYU as well. It's too far to go to expect Virginia to uh, yeah. come out and win that thing. And uh, All right, here we go. Georgia, Florida. Bulldogs are favored by 14 and a half. Uh, I think uh, the, the Florida quarterbacks can be forced into mistakes by this very good Georgia defense. Look, they've been forced into mistakes by not very good defenses. And this Bulldogs defense, as the kids like to say, is lit. Mm. <laughs> Your son uh, tell you that's what they're saying around uh, the high school? Um, I think the Gators season going a little bit south. Um, I do think that, um, you know, there's, there's a chance for some big plays in the uh, running game by these quarterbacks. Um, but I think, uh, you know, unless the quarterback situation at Georgia um, just creates some, some chemistry issues uh, in terms of, you know, continuity and and little herky jerky like it felt like when they forced Justin Fields in a couple times. Um I think Georgia's covering this. I'm taking Georgia. Um it would help if uh you know the turnovers are kept to a minimum. Of course. And uh Kyrus Jackson fields the punts well and all that. <laughs> I'm taking Georgia. Laying the fourteen and a half. You know, I said early in the show, I this feels like that twenty seventeen game where Georgia was embarrassed the year before they had their best team under Kirby until this year, and they came out and just laid the woodpile to Florida that game. 
this has the feel of that type of game. They're embarrassed, kind of what happened last year, though they were missing some some key players, including Jordan Davis. I'm sure he wants to come out, you know, uh, play just out of his mind again. I think uh, Stetson, if he's the main guy the whole game, he didn't have too great a showing. He's ready to come out, do his thing. And I think just Georgia is going to – I think 14.5 is about half of what it should be for this line. I think Georgia's going to win that big. Ryan, by the time uh, you go to bed on Sunday night, mm-hmm. not only will Georgia possibly uh, be enjoying an 8-0 start and to the season. And the Braves season, will be World Series champs. You could have the Braves as the World Series champs. As, what is that, a coffee over there or tea? What do you got? Uh, yeah, that is coffee. Looks um, like you got a little Braves insignia on the side of yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I got that as a groomsman gift about uh, eight, nine years ago. Still rocking it. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, good luck to your Braves. Uh, hopefully, uh, the starting pitchers can uh, stay intact and, uh, you know. Well, don't... Charlie Morton won't be pitching. That's I know what I'm that. saying. That's where, that's where I'm going with that. And Max Fried, we might not want him to who's start. A, who's, a, who's a game three starter tonight? Uh, no, it's tomorrow night. Ian, Ian. Oh, it is Thursday. I feel like Friday. Ian Anderson. <laughs> Ian Anderson. He's he's got he's written some good songs. Yeah, he plays with a mean flute. Jethro Tull, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, maybe I'll, I'll. I don't think I have a CD player anymore in my car. But if I did, I'd throw in a little Jethro Tull on the drive to Jacksonville. Yeah, a little. Uh, oh shoot, I can't even remember the. Uh, do 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 do. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, shoot, the new song is not coming to me. Yeah. All right, everybody, enjoy the uh, game over the weekend. Enjoy the Braves, and uh, we'll talk to you next week. See ya. Bye. So, John, question. With Auburn firing Gus Malzahn, it leaves Ed Ogeron as the SEC's only coach who has beaten Nick Saban. Who's going to be the next SEC coach to beat Saban? Well, I don't think he'll be the guy that a lot of people think he will be. Jimbo Fisher, Texas A&M. I like Lane Kiffin at Ole Miss. He almost beat Saban last year, and he almost beat Saban when he was at Tennessee. Fisher promised he was going to thump Saban's rump whenever Alabama comes to College Station. I think he's got a shot. He improved Texas A&M to 9-1 last year. He's got a national championship to his name. If Haynes King is the real deal, he's got an early opportunity in October to beat Nick Saban. Look at Saban's track record for losses. It's usually to a great quarterback. Cam Newton, Johnny Manziel, or Joe Burrow. Matt Corral at Ole Miss, I think, could be the best quarterback in the league. I'm Blake Topmeyer, and this is SEC Football Unfiltered, a new podcast from the USA Today Network. Each week, we'll discuss the hottest topics that matter to the passionate fan bases of the SEC. I've covered the SEC for eight years. As for my co-host, longtime sports columnist john adams let's just say he's got a few decades on me not as many decades as some people think contrary to popular opinion i did not cover general neyland but i did interview bear bright and i interviewed nick saban and i covered archie manning and peyton manning more insightful interview john bear bryant archie manning steve spurrier or johnny majors gotta go with steve spurrier there he's the great quipster SEC Football Unfiltered debuts this summer. Let John and I be your tour guides from the season opener through the national championship. Subscribe and listen wherever you get your podcasts.